Welcome to Let Me Know How It Is, a podcast about all things geek. It's time for our two-part giant-sized year-end annual. For part one, we're looking at movies, TV, and comics we enjoyed from 2020. And be sure to check out part two dropping next week, where we'll look at what's coming in 2021. Thanks for listening. All right, so with 2020 soon to be in the rearview mirror, it's time for us to go back over and share what things we watched, read, and saw that we really enjoyed. I'm Zach Slater. I'm Frank Melman. I'm Tommy Smitherings. And I'm Clifton. All right, so 2020 was uh, a strange year, but hopefully, hopefully, you guys got to spend a little bit of time on your couch to take your mind off things. Would you guys really enjoy this year? A whole lot of TV. (laughs) It was a big TV year. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think I watched more TV than I ever did this year. Sure. To be and expected. Yeah. What stood out? What stood out uh, that it constantly runs through my head, and even sometimes I go back and revisit episodes, and I didn't think it was coming because it was something wholly and solely new, mm-hmm. is Ted Lasso from Apple TV. Okay. All right. Um, Jason Sudeikis, I mean, I, it was weird because uh, as funny as he was on SNL, that wasn't really times I watched on SNL. So I went in thinking that, whatever, uh, I think I burnt out my favorite shows, stuff I was, was expecting wasn't coming out, so I gave it a shot. And it was great. Um, I have no real complaints on that show. Um, it was refreshing, funny, bright, hopeful. It it, it reminded me of old school TV. It, it kind of felt like, to me, um how Cheers was new and funny when it came out during that time. Not to say it was Cheers, because Cheers is all in one <laughs> bar every every episode in, in, in and out. But this one, it, it, it was definitely a, a, a fun show that I really enjoyed. And um, I'm looking forward to um, its continued season next year. Yeah, I'm with you. That was um, the drawback for me was that uh, we didn't have a season two like right behind it, like later in the year, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed this show. It was it was a nice pick me up. It was. Uh, that's how I saw it being referred to online. Um this was one though that I was excited about like back in the trailer days when it came out. I was like, "Oh, that looks cool." Like it just looked quirky and fun. I didn't quite know exactly what I would be getting into, but there was a, a, a little bit. So back in our uh, untapped potential episode, I mentioned that I really wanted like a major league show. Right. <laughs> and this was kind of the closest thing to, to that happening. Oh, no, that's definitely the closest like, thing. To that I happened. mean, Bill Lawrence, I'm, I'm guessing, you know, who was uh, the creator and, and showrunner of the show. I'm guessing he's a big major league fan because there's nods to it. <laughs> You know, is there really? I, I gotta watch it again. Is there really nods to it? Yeah. Do they play Wild Thing? <laughs> no, 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 nothing like they do that. Something no. else, Does someone need glasses? Something else, though. Does someone need glasses? Does, <laughs> is there voodoo? No, but no, no. But the more you're talking about, okay, someone doesn't need glasses, but it goes in a different. Okay, I can see it. I can see it, mm-hmm. Zach. I can definitely see it. Yeah, you're 100 percent correct. If someone hasn't watched it, what's the premise? The premise is basically Ted Lasso, played by Jason Sudeikis is picked to coach a a, a a football team or a soccer team in England mm-hmm. of a new owner, Rebecca Welton, which is played by Hannah Wedding, Weddingham. But she just got the team through a, div- a divorce from wow. her husband who was cheating on her. Okay. So um, Ted Lasso, who has never 
coached football in or soccer ever only has one year under his belt of a college team of them taking him to the championship. Just one year. And with that knowledge, she brings him in in order to coach this this um, team to an unexpected season. And I just leave it at that. Anything more to me delves more in the plot. And what makes it refreshing is everyone's expecting him to fail due to his lack of knowledge of set sport. And plus, it's more like a fish out of water um, scenario. Right. Because everyone knows that Americans don't care for um, soccer or football outside of America, especially outside of America. Mm -hmm. So he knows absolutely nothing about it to add to it, even though he does accept the position. But in accepting position, you have different personalities and different people with their own personal problems that he has to cope with along with taking his team to the next level. Yeah, cool. And what I like about it is like the supporting people like all have um, like an identifiable quality to them. Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like like there's there there's a, a thing to them, but it's also like the map is wide open for them to explore and add to that, which I think. You know, like like there's still not completely, but there's still like blank slates. You can still you can still do things with them. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, it's a great show. I love Ted Lasso. Yeah, good pick, Tommy. And Frank, it has your boy in it from um, Buffy. Which boy? Giles. Oh, yeah, it does. Yes, oh, yeah. it does. Oh, yeah, that's oh, cool. Yeah. He's in it prominently. <laughs> I, I did not know that. Is he management yeah. in the team? <laughs> he used to be. Ah, <laughs> now I'm intrigued. No. Yes, I knew it. I'm not intrigued. I've not gotten a chance to watch it, but I do intend to. Uh, me and Zach highly recommend this to every, anybody who uh, gets a chance to come across. Yes, this. it's on Apple Plus or Apple TV. What did I say? Apple Plus, Apple TV, Apple, Plus. Apple TV Plus. Good, <laughs> yeah. good lord! Apple just Plus. keep adding on words. It's Apple fine. Plus Plus yeah. TV FXX. <laughs> yeah. yes. Look it up. We got the internet. Right. All right. All right, Frank. What do you got? What, what was something you liked this year? I mean, I wouldn't say I was pleasantly surprised because the show is always consistently good for me. I, I was very um, happy with the latest season of Better Call Saul. Okay. It's one of those things where I, it, I, was, I was not necessarily wary of the idea of them doing a prequel, but prequels are always tough. And the fact that it's um, you know, a prequel to something like Breaking Bad, where it's a really, really great show and probably didn't need a prequel. Um, it's one of my favorite shows. I look forward to it. We didn't really get anything in 2019 for Better Call Saul, so we got it all this year. And it didn't disappoint. It definitely, you know, the, the thing that they keep playing with is the idea of, uh, you know, Gustavo Fring and, and the cartel and whether or not some characters that are in Better Call Saul are going to survive to actually be in the timeline that lines up with um, Breaking Bad. And they, this, I think this year, when you say, Tommy, they do a really, really good job of making you think that one character is probably not going to make it. Yeah, they definitely do. But. Yeah, but they, they give an intriguing backstory or tell us intriguing tale based upon what they go through. Yeah, yes. it's nice. It's kind of one of those things where it, it's, it parallels Breaking Bad in a way because it's one of those things where while, you know, Skylar doesn't always, doesn't always see eye to eye with what Walt's doing and when she's led into what he's actually up to, you know, she sort of tries to play along. Um, this has that element too with Kim Wexler with the idea of Kim enjoying the idea more and more every season of pulling off these longer cons with Jimmy, uh, with Saul. And it's like one of the things where she's finally like fully on board of like almost, it's almost a watching a, a character that's like at one point really the best thing about like the moral compass of the show slowly become more and more 
all right with the idea of using her powers for evil. <laughs> Wouldn't you say that? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's almost as if it's, it's the, almost the opposite of, um, breaking bad in which, um, you know, Walt constantly gets more sinister with each thing, but this time you're not made to feel good when someone else does it, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what I get from uh, Wexler is that every time she goes down that path, it's ah, uh, this this is not for you. <laughs> right, right. You, you don't. Yeah. This? yeah, this is not where you're supposed to be. Because at first it was one. Yeah. Of, you know, she used to. You know, she used to buck and balk at the idea of doing this stuff, and now, like the end of last, you know, the, this this season, she very much is kind of, you know, no, no, we can do this. We can pull. You know, we can pull this yeah. stuff off. The other thing is the um, Lalo character, the Tony, you know, played by Tony Dalton, is just you know is really really fun to watch because it's just a, um, you know, it's it's almost like. He kind of reminds me of um, what's the character from Hundred Bullets, the one that's um, they always had to watch out for. Same thing. He begins with an L. I'm trying to think of his name. Do you remember? I think last. It's not Laszlo. No, he's talking about. He's like the. Uh, it's Lono, right? It's Lono. Lono. It's Lono. Wolf. Yeah. Whenever yeah, I hear Lono. Lalo, I think of Lono because they're kind of the same character where like there's this seething stuff underneath, and I'm always waiting for him to boil over in a scene, and Lalo never does. I mean, he always he's very much like, but you, he's he's the kind of guy that you know could would basically could kill somebody in the room at any moment, and it's just made the last you know the, the last couple of seasons along with all the characters we already knew from Breaking Bad, it's really added to that that you know that little universe I guess. So mm -hmm. I, I I loved it. I thought this uh the season of Better Call Saul was awesome. So this one was on Tommy's list last year when we did our Looking Forward to 2020 episode. Tommy had the the new season of Better Call Saul on his list of things he was excited about. Mm -hmm. How did it live up to your expectations, Tommy? Oh no, it it exceeded. It, it, nice. It, it's 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 funny how I was balking at that at this season first because the direction it went through. So I waited for the season to finish before I watched it. Frank was urging me to watch it every, every week. I was <laughs> yes. like, nope. Yes, I'm please. waiting till it finishes. <laughs> Yeah, and I never confirmed with them when I finished watching it, but it's <laughs> it's just just uh, man, they know how to turn that knife mm -hmm. after stab or after stabbing the gut with it on that show. It 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 shows you how much they they love dealing with their characters. It's it, to me it's it's not one of those shows where you wait for someone to die or even wait for someone to do a bad act. It's like in the position that something occurs, how will this person react? Mm -hmm. And it's nothing but a character show from this point forward, even when you know it's in the past and you know certain people's outcomes given in the future where it's going to turn to. You just want to know how they survive the moment, even if it's in the past. Right. It's amazing how that show makes you forget that. Yes, it does. It does. You know what I mean? Does. It really does. So. And um, and it's it's about as perfect, I think, a spinoff as 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 can happen. Mm -hmm. You know, because it's very much, you know, it feels like it's from the same people. Like I can tell that, you know, that Vince Gilligan is involved with this and it feels very much him. But it's not Breaking Bad. No, no, it's not. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I remember when it when it first started, people that the people that were um, that said the first season was too slow and it wasn't Breaking Bad. I'm like, no, but it's a completely different story. I mean, the whole thing with with Chuck played by Michael McKean being his brother and that whole bit, it's uh -huh. a completely different story. It's not, it's not breaking bad at all. So yeah. But I like the fact that they're confined even to that past. Yes. It's like they're, they're dealing in a very small box in which they can't deal with certain people, mm -hmm. but, but given who they have. Right. Wow. Yeah. yeah. They just, 
they yeah, they're, do they're, so much. They're very disciplined, I think, with who they pull from Breaking Bad. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I th- right. Because because they don't go with the obvious pick. Nope. The obvious choice is a lot. No. And and so when somebody does pop up, it, it is legitimately a surprise, mm-hmm. I think, which yeah. is good. I mean, that's hard to do with prequels. Yeah. And it's hard to do in spinoffs and they're doing it, you know, you know, brilliantly <laughs> in both ways. I mean, you know? basically, it's one of those things where like in the biggest thing with prequels, like like Tommy was saying, and I, I wasn't sure how to articulate it, but he, he did it very well, was the idea that, you know, you have to almost whiteboard in reverse <laughs> because... Mm-hmm. Because you already know where your characters are going to end up. And then how do you get them there? And then more importantly, like you said, how do you create this suspenseful in the, in the suspense in the moment of like, you know, full well, they're going to survive into Breaking Bad. Some of them, you know, the ones that you yeah. know for sure are going to make it. You know, how, are the, how do you get that to be something that, you know, you can pull off and, and basically be compelling in the moment and they manage to do that job masterfully. Right. Yeah, it's a good show. It's yeah. a great show. Yep. Yeah. All good picks. All right, Clifton, what's something on your list? So on my list, I'm going back to something that was on my list also that I was looking forward to in 2020 from that episode. And it did turn out to be one of my favorite things from this year. And it is Bill and Ted Face the Music. Oh, cool. I saw that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So you can can chime in. Yes. But yeah, I mean, I like I said back then, I grew up on both of the original Bill and Ted movies. Like I love the soundtracks. I own both the soundtracks. I still listen to both the soundtracks. And 30 years in the making, we finally got the next one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and it lived up to it for me. I thought it was great. I thought it managed to, you know, honor everything that was in those silly little movies before, but yeah. like take them to good new places and, and honor what they were and, and create like a good new message out of it. And, and I loved it. I I have one gripe, but I love the overall. I love the overall theme. Um, no, actually, no. I don't have a gripe. No, <laughs> I take that back. Now that I think of the story as a whole, no, it 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 became what it needed to be, right? And it didn't change the characters, right? As a result of it, like they never stopped being Bill and Ted. Yeah. Mm. And that's what. And that to me, it was brilliant in its own way. Yeah. No, I take that back. There's it's something else. Yeah, I have to think about that for a minute. And it makes more sense because they explain it in the movie. Right. To balance it out. There, there's some shifts. There's some twists. There's some things uh, that you don't expect along the way. But yes, it like I, I think they nailed the ending. And that's all I'm going to say about the ending is is I think they, they nailed it. But the premise is that going back to the original movies, you know, time traveler shows up from the future. It's mm-hmm. Rufus played by George Carlin, the late, great George Carlin. And tells them that they seem like hapless kind of losers now, mm-hmm. but that they will make music that saves the world in the future. Yes. And this movie picks up, you know, 20, 25 years after the, the events of the last one or so. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't happened. They seem to be on the wrong trajectory. Like they seem to be going backwards and not towards greatness, but they had like a moment where they ascended and then they lost it all. And so it's them dealing with like what happened, like we were destined to to be these greats and what happened to it because we're not there. And and how do we how do we get that is the premise of this one. And I think it's it's an excellent setup for the movie. Mm-hmm. And there's still and there's okay. still Bill and Ted. Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves are still every bit just backing those characters. Mm. 
And then there's some other good additions to the cast. Uh, Jama Mays, who is on Glee, plays Bill's wife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Who is a princess from the Middle Ages that they <laughs> met in the first movie. And Aaron Hayes from uh, Children's Hospital on Adult ah, Swim yes. plays Ted's wife, who is also a princess that they met in the first movie and brought back to the future. <laughs> and so we do see more okay. of, of those characters this time around. Cool. As well as their daughters, who are uh, now grown. We saw his babies in the fir- in the second movie at the very end, and they're um, she's played Bill's daughter is played by Samira Weaving, mm-hmm. who was in Hollywood on Netflix earlier this year, as yes. well as Ready or Not last year, the horror movie about uh, a bride in a crazy family that has to play like a killer game of hide and seek on the night of her wedding. It is an excellent movie. I do like that one a lot too. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. And then Ted's daughter is played by an uh, actor I was not very familiar with named Bridget L- Lundy Page. Yes, Bridget played Lundy, by Bridget Lundy, Lundy Page. Yeah, and, uh, and they're both excellent in it. Cool. As well as appearances by Kristen Shaw, mm-hmm. Holland Taylor. It's got a good cast. It's got a good solid cast. Yeah. Now, Bridget, I remember her from Atypical. For, for me, I'm just impressed that this, that it happened. You know, because it, it's it seemed like 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 a, a fan outpour that came like out of nowhere. Right. You know, that to, to, to get this thing made. Yeah. And then and then like I, re- I remember the tweet very like like it was yesterday, honestly, like, of like Keanu Reeves and it'd be like, all right, we're doing it. We're going to make the movie. <laughs> and then before I knew right. it, it was like it like it's out like 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 yep. it's finished. There's a trailer. Oh, it's coming out like. <laughs> Yeah, and it, it ended up uh, skipping theatrical release and was released digital uh, for for sale and rent in August. I think towards the end of August. So that's how I saw it, and and that's how any of you all can see it. Yeah, I still haven't seen it yet. It's on my list. I, I love Bill and Ted, but I just haven't got around to seeing it yet. But I definitely want to. So yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. We even get William Sadler back. Wow. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah from death, the second yeah. film, like yeah, yeah. they they tie together everything so nicely. <laughs> cool very cool all right so for me uh i'm gonna go with a polarizing one Mm. in this group but i enjoyed it very very much and i'm gonna go it's got a couple of different titles Uh oh uh (laughs) it's called it's called harley quinn uh and the birds of prey aka also uh (laughs) birds of prey uh the fantabulous emancipation of one harley quinn which is the title i like better uh i just wish they called it that yes oh yeah no, uh, I, I, I really, really like this movie a lot. Uh, I have notes. It's not perfect to me, but what right. I like Margot Robbie is just like a joy to watch as Harley Quinn on screen. And like it, this movie's like really about the little things like like I like the way she fights as Harley. Like I like I like mm-hmm. her fighting style. I like it's very bold to me that this movie is. It's a lot of Gotham City during the day which we typically like only get in Bruce Wayne stuff in the previous Batman movies. And so I think that it's really neat that they tried that. And, and like in this, I think more than any other Gotham set film, like Gotham feels like a place, like a real city to me here. Right. It's got bodegas. Yeah. And street vendors. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Taco trucks. It, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> feels like a lived in place. It does. Yeah. 
grocery stores and, and stuff like it's, it's not just like mansions all the time and and right. and, 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 and access chemicals although yeah there's yeah. access chemicals <laughs> yeah it's exactly. not only access chemicals that's not the only industry in town yeah this one was on my list last year of one of the things i was really looking forward to and and like i did enjoy it a lot yeah um like like zach was saying like margot robbie sells it for me like she is loving being in this movie and she's loving the character she's playing and and i think it comes through i think she's I think she's a very good actor in, in anything. I think she's from reputation, a very hard worker and like wants to do everything she can to the best of her abilities. And, and, and I think it pays off. I think she's great. And, and yeah, like the, the directing choices of the fight choreography of her having like a cartoonish, but also deadly like fight style, I think is great. And I think they nailed it. It's just so fun to watch like the, the stunt gags that, that her character does. And, and, and also like, like Zach was saying, the, the city, I, I do think it's a well-directed Gotham and where it brings some life to the art direction. Whereas a lot of times Gotham is just a, a, an experiment in art direction and right. not much else. And this, this does feel like, like, this is what happens during the day. Like when those alleys aren't empty and filled with smog or filled with smoke coming out of the, mm-hmm. the sewers. Like there are people that, that live in this place. And it's got kind of like in in a weird way, it, it reminds me a little bit of the Jim Carrey movie, The Mask. Right. Right. Where like that was a weird, like quasi retro modern time where like it was, you know, it was today, but there was stuff in there from like the 50s and the 40s, like kind of mm-hmm. thrown in. And I liked that Birds of Prey had kind of that feel where it was clearly today, but you saw stuff from like the 80s right. in there. You know, and, and kind of, and like in the seventies and like, it was just kind of this hodgepodge, which, which again, like, you know, it's kind of, kind of neat when you go into a city and you see cars from every era <laughs> driving around, you know? Yeah. And I liked that it was short. I mean, it's, it's, it's funny to say that. I mean, it may just be the place that I am in my life, but it's, <laughs> it's also, it, 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 there's something refreshing about sitting down to a movie that's not two and a half hours, which I will happily do. Right. You know, at, at times but you know there there is i think a tendency to to make them a little too long all the time now and i like that they had discipline to write something lean yeah it's refreshing to see confidence in making something that is only as long as it needs to be yeah like you 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 take out what you need to take out you do what you need to do and that's that and and that's a i feel like that confidence is missing in a lot of stuff yeah and ewan mcgregor seems to be having a blast yeah, in this movie. Yeah, he's a fa- he's he, he's a fantastic choice for it. Not not an obvious one, right? Because because I think in the comics, Black Mask is ten tends to be written one way, and mm. so you bring in an actor who's got like like a take on it, uh, which is fun. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a it's a good take for being a a jerk, right? <laughs> you know that you want to see get his comeuppance. Yeah. No, uh, th- thorough, thoroughly fun movie for me. I thought so. Yeah, big standout for 2020 for me. So, what else do you guys got? Let's go around round two. Um, this show I didn't know was coming when I did. I bulked at the idea. I thought it was CBS grasping for mm-hmm. Paramount, just looking for anything to save a franchise that has so much history, so much history, and it's fumbling over itself in order to um put out the correct one for fans. And it was Star Trek Lower Decks. Mm, okay. Now, okay. mind you, I did talk about uh, Discovery Season 3, which I was excited for. 
Oh, I still am excited for because it's still airing now. But Lower Decks was a surprise. I didn't know I wanted. Now, for those who don't know what Lower Decks is, Lower Decks is um, um, Star Trek's second animated cartoon. It uh, focuses on the support crew serving on one of the Starfleet's least important ships, the USS Cerritos. <laughs> and you've, you've heard about First Contact, right? Mm-hmm. Right. They do second contact. Right. Okay. <laughs> and that's the basis of what the ship does. Now, what's crazier is everything that's come before it in Star Trek is canon. And so is this show. It parodies the universe and adds to it all at the same time in a way that I didn't think was possible. Like it feeds new watchers as well as old fans without insulting the series past what it is. Has anybody get a chance to watch this at all? I have not gotten this. No, I haven't. No. If you like Star Trek, I strongly suggest you watch this show. I wasn't expecting this one to be your vote. I, I, you know, I know you (laughs) like the show. I thought you were going to say Picard or Discovery. Yeah. Yeah. No, (laughs) but see, but those are the ones that I knew were coming. Right. You know, due to Mm -hmm. the fandom and the talk of it and um, everyone, you know, and it it evolving. This is one I didn't know I liked. Or thought we needed it, right? But it they definitely need it because it allows certain things of that big universe to come back in a way that makes sense, or even where you think about it, it should have been. If that makes any sense, like there's certain races that Star Trek never comes back to. They're able to come back to it easily in this series. I see. They're able to make fun of certain tropes mm-hmm. um, that deal with Star Trek without having to um, denigrate it in a way that makes it laughable if you look back at the show. I enjoyed it from episode one till it finished in 10, and I'm looking forward to it coming back. Yeah, that's, that's my sense from talking to you about it, is that, is that it is lovingly made with people that know their stuff. When, when it might look, from the outside looking in, it may look like a cash grab, and it may look like it's sort of like crapping on material. <laughs> Yeah, it, you, know? it, you think that's what it's case, not. But not even remotely. Yeah, and it, and it's the animation studio is Tip Mouse, so it's not cheap at all. Mm. Um, certain voices from the show: Don Lewis, Jerry O'Connell, um, Noel Wells, Jack Quaid, Tony Newsom. I mean, the voice acting is great, mm. and there's cameos from other series that come on the show. I won't say who, but you got to watch in order to find out who they bring on and what they talk about and what they deal with. But it it takes place, I would say, in the um, Next Generation universe, if you had to place it. Mm-hmm. Just because of all the time frames that had the most. Like you have um, Next Generation, you also have um, Deep Space Nine, and you also have Disco- um, um, not Discovery, I was going to say um, one with Janeway. Voyager. 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 All of those are within that time frame. Ah. So, uh, yeah, Star Trek Lord Dex. If you're not watching it and you're a Star Trek fan, you're missing out. Yeah, I'll definitely check that one out. What's, uh, what's a standout episode for you? If you what's have up? one ready, like, like what's one that's that did, did it get you right from the get go from the first episode? Or was there one that was like, OK, I'm in. I'm hooked. It gets you right from the get go. OK. And it and it's sort of it's it's not episodic because whatever happens in one episode bleeds into the next without making a, 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 a central point of the series. 
but there's one um the main character stands out if nothing else and <laughs> but you just have to see how it unfolds and how other people deal with it like i i, I want to talk about it more uh, i love the first episode um number four the moist vessel is funny to me <laughs> cupid cupid's errant arrow that's the fifth episode that's funny to me it's just Certain things that if I bring up within this episode, you'll immediately know where they're going and then they'll pivot somewhere else. But the um, season um, ender, no small parts was a surprise to me, at least. Okay. Yeah. Again, highly recommend the show. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. I mean, this is this is the second or third time you brought it up now. So, yeah. So I, I, I know you're digging it a lot. Yes. You know, you're, you're selling it to me. I kind of want to check it out now. Which I think I had the same reservations. I think everybody that had reservations, <laughs> you know, and I agree because yeah. I, I, how would you sell a, 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 a Star Trek cartoon that's not drama filled? Right. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. but this is pure comedy, pure comedy. I wanted to my the only reason I haven't checked it out yet because I wanted to finish with I, I want to finish up uh, season three of Discovery. So that's why I was waiting for the end of that. And then I was going to watch Lower Decks. Oh no! You don't even have to watch season three of Discovery. Okay, you can because it just deals with a different time frame. Okay, cool. Yeah, very good. Very nice. Mm-hmm. All right, Frank, what do you got? Um, something that was on my list for when we were doing the the the, the looking forward to twenty twenty show was um, and this is pivoting away from shows. Not that we have to pivot away from shows, but this was one that was a video game that I was looking forward to. Um, it was The Last of Us Two. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was one of the games that was it was uh. You know, if you if you haven't had a chance to play either one, The Last of Us or The Last of Us Two, um, I highly recommend them. Last of Us is a great it's a great video game, and then Last of Us Two is is you know it, it takes us further with with the characters Ellie and Joel. Um, I'm not going to spoil anything for you, but just to say that it's you know it's basically about the folly of revenge, you know, and where, <laughs> where that leads you, and whether it's you know whether it's it's worth it or not to seek revenge at all. Um, it's harrowing. It's not a pick me up, wouldn't you say, Tommy? Oh, definitely. <laughs> no, no, it's not no, a feel no, good no. game. Yeah, it's, no, no, no feel good vibes no, from this one. You know, I mean, it's 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 an ordeal. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where if, you know, if you, I mean, there was a lot of you know pushback about the way the the story was told and and how the the, the narrative shifts and you know who's a good guy and who's a bad guy, which I kind of like a lot in storytelling. I like the idea that not everyone, you know, it's very much a, a game that plays on the idea of, of hero and villain thinking they're both, you know, they're both the hero of their story and which one who really is, you know, who's wrong and who's right. It plays with that a lot, you know, and there was, it was one of those things where much like everything else now in, in, in fan culture, you know, it became very divisive very quickly, but it did win video game of the year, right? Yeah, it definitely did. Yeah, and it's deserved. I think it's it's a really you know it's it's one of those things where from a from a story standpoint and narrative standpoint, I don't think there's really anything that comes close to it for the year. I mean, there was some great games, but I think this one is is you know above head and shoulders. You know, but it's it's harrowing. It's <laughs> there's there are parts that are really tough, much like the first one, but it didn't disappoint. You know, it's a very it's a very adult story, and I mean that in a sense of you know. It's it's a story that's thorny and it makes you think and it may you know you, you'll it, it sticks with you long after you stop playing it. You know I don't I don't see uh, the other thing is I don't know <laughs> you know a lot of times people want to know if there's any replay value in it. I guess there is to get like the stuff that you didn't get before, but 
you know, if you don't have PTSD from playing it the first time. <laughs> I mean, it, it, yeah, it, definitely. Yeah, it, definitely. It just, it's a lot of the stuff that happens in it, it. You know, it's not something that, like I said, it's something that you'll think about for a while. It, it, when you, when you set the controller down, you know, it's one of those, it's, you know, and that doesn't always happen in video games. Some of you, you know, video games are like potato chips, you know, you'll get done with a bag. And you're like, cool. I'll have another bag later, but I don't think about the last bag of potato chips I had, you know? So this one, this one, yeah, it was good. It was a really great game, but just it's, it's, it's difficult to think about picking it back up again to play again. So, yeah, well, no, about about this game, the the thing that hit me the most, other than what you're stating too, is the crowd reaction after people play it. Mm-hmm. And, and I've never felt that much of a pushback over a game story wise. Mm-hmm. Like I get glitches, right? You know, <laughs> I get, I. I I, I get it not meeting the standards of the first one, you know, derivative, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. But characterization has never been a reason for not to play a game, I thought, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And people were outright upset with how they told the story. Mm-hmm. And it was so, like, to the point that they sent hate mail to the voice actor. Right, yeah. Of the person that they didn't like that, in the game. That nonsense. Yeah, well, yeah. Who did win performance of the year uh, for yes. the game award? Oh, yeah. So it, like it, they were great at their job. Yes. <laughs> like she was playing a villainous yeah. character. No, it's one of those things where uh, also, you know, if you're not familiar with um you, you might be familiar with Ashley Johnson the voice actress. She did um she plays Ellie in both games and she's also the what's her name from um Infinity Train? Tulip? Tulip. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Tulip and okay. MT. Yeah, she's the voice okay. that the Tulip for that, so yeah, the voice acting work is great. Again, it's one of those things where it's 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 almost along the lines of um, it's weird that we got you know we, granted we didn't get the first season because we got it earlier, but it's very much like the first season of Cobra Kai where it basically keeps shifting on who's who's the protagonist and who's the villain. That's what I really really liked about it the most. Okay, yeah, I played it. Uh, it'll be a while before I revisit that universe. Yes, right. <laughs> yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Are you looking forward to the show, The Last of Us show? Um. I mean, no, it, you know, it's, it's, I, I, I'm sure I'll check it out. I'm sure I'll watch it, but it's one of those things where that, you know, that's one of those, as, as Tommy's saying, that universe, that world is not something that pulls punches. So right. it'll be really tough to, you know, it'll be very tough to see that if that show isn't anything like, you know, it has to be very much, you know, the people are brutal. The, 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 the people that are infected are brutal. It's, you know, it's a brutal, brutal, <laughs> brutal it'll world. Be a grueling yeah, yeah. Watch. <laughs> yeah. 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 Brutal is a definite word for that. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the show. So we'll, you know, we'll, we'll come back to that when it's on. So, all right, Clifton, what do you got? So I'm going for my pick with a Netflix show, and that is going to be Teenage Bounty Hunters. <laughs> cool. That, <laughs> that came out in the the summer, I believe, August. I think if I if I'm remembering right, and I knew nothing about this show when it came out, and uh, and just started watching it on on some recommendations. I think from Tommy actually. Yes. So he can chime in on this one too. And it just turned out to be like a really fun show premises that takes place in like rich suburbs outside of Atlanta and follows two seemingly kind of vapid high school. See, or I guess they're like juniors because they're 16 years old. Yeah. And uh, they end up wanting to be bounty hunters Hmm. because they wreck their dad's car and, and, in the middle of a bounty hunter chasing uh, uh what do they call them? What do they call their targets? Marks? Uh, marks. I want to say no, marks, per, but uh, there's some other term for like what a bounty hunter calls the person they're they're after. 
and uh, and they their car ends up in an accident when Kadeem Hardison, who's like an old grizzled bounty hunter, who <laughs> many people can remember as as Dwayne Wayne, the lovable Dwayne Wayne on Different World, mm-hmm. playing a, a kind of grizzled bounty hunter named Bowser, he's chasing his 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 mark, and they end up actually being the ones to catch him, and they're like, we can be bounty hunters now and get money to fix our dad's car, and reluctantly. <laughs> He Bowser becomes their mentor. These two, yes, like rich, airbrained, kind of ditzy, but good hearted <laughs> teenage girls as, as they become their quest to be bounty hunters. And it's just so endearing. Like, <laughs> that's all I thought about it. It's just a fun show. And in the characters, I like a lot. And, and you like grow to like them in their, in their kind of vapidness, but they, they have good hearts. And, and it was just a lot of fun. This is so. This was um. What season was this? The first season that came out this year, or that's the unfortunate news. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, oh no. Yeah, <laughs> it was oh, the sorry. first and final season. Oh. Yeah. It did end up. A, it did end up a victim of of Netflix's killing spree that they mm. went on, where they just started canceling basically anything that wasn't already well into production, and some things right. that were, mm. or yeah. as as was the case with Glow. It's a rare occurrence for Netflix. I mean, because yeah. normally there's there's two two seasons like like you know in close proximity. Yeah, they normally take two up front, but now this this ended up on a chopping block with a with a lot of other like good shows. I think a lot of shows that had fan following and were enjoyable, but a skip, skip. That's what they call yeah. it because <laughs> they were people that skip bail. So that's yeah. they they called their the people they were hunting skips. That yeah. was the yes. term for skip, it. It's like skip tracing, right? Yeah, in the in the jargon. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> in the lingo. Yes. But yeah, they're in like the thing in the show is that they're they attend like a prestigious private Christian school. <laughs> so they're very religious too. Oh wow. In okay. ways. But uh it's just it's just an interesting they're they're very interesting characters, how they portray them. Right. And like they're they start judgmental and then learn to not be judgmental and, and some things they're never judgmental about. I just thought it was very interesting, the choices they make along the way. It is one season, but it is a good, solid season. So it's still fun and worth watching, even so we'll though it call does it, not continue. We'll call it Teenage Bounty Hunters miniseries. <laughs> right, limited series. <laughs> yeah, limited series. There yeah. we go. Limited series. <laughs> yeah, sounds great. Yeah, it does. Sounds very good. Such a fun show. <laughs> I can't get beyond uh, uh, Dwayne, Dwayne Wayne. And yeah. when you guys told me that, you sent me a picture of what he looks like. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I, like I'm, st- I still don't know if if they embellished it, right? Because he was on, he was on a Disney Channel show like two years ago. Where right, he played Zendaya's dad, or several years ago, and like I mean, he looked good for for being an older an older man now. Right, and then, and in this one, like he does not look good for being an older man. Now. No, so I, I'm hoping it's embellished because because uh, he didn't look too bad not long ago. Gotcha. We'll, we'll try and find like a timeline of 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 Kadeem Hardison pictures throughout the throughout the years of a different world onto yeah. the Zendaya show into this. Yeah, <laughs> you can yeah. see the progression. Or, or, he, or he had a really rough last couple of years <laughs> right oh, yes. before this show. Right. But yeah, like a lot of it is is that the girls are raised in a Southern family, like a Southern conservative family. So like they know guns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like Definitely. that's what you realize in the very first episode. Is like they just pull a gun on somebody because they're in their dad's hunting truck. Right. <laughs> like they got guns. Same same question to you that I that I asked Tommy. Was there a uh 
in from the get go, or was there like a, a moment, an episode in the run that was like, okay, I'm in, I'm hooked? No, I mean it's pretty much by like the like by halfway through the first episode, I'm sold. Okay, like the the very first opening scenes, I'm like, uh, like what's this? I'm not sure about this. And then by the time like they get into some meat, like I, I was definitely on board from the start. Cool. Sounds good. The oh, conversations cool. the girls have between one another, yeah. that's when you're so Yeah, they're they're two twins, like two yeah. fraternal twins and and so like they're each other's best friends and like they will talk about anything to each other. Yes. <laughs> and then the other gag that they get to early on is that there are scenes, I think it happens in the very first episode in one of the first scenes where they communicate to each other and nobody else in the scene seems to be aware of this conversation they're having. It's portrayed as just them talking to each other, literally just a conversation, but it's their representation of twin speak. So <laughs> okay. that they like, they have an almost psychic connection to each other and mm. talk to each other and nobody else in the scene is aware of what they're saying. Gotcha. And it was just a fun gag to play with throughout the series. Okay. All right. Well, I, I have a long runoff list, so I'm trying to think, what do I want to go with here? Um, I'm going to go with Mandalorian. Okay. Okay. Which, okay. um, so for me, I caught the first season a little late. So for me, all of it has been this year. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, right. it showed up at the, towards the end of last year and then. Right. Exactly. So, um, but no, I was, um, you know, I, I, I was left burned by, by some star Wars stuff in the past and I was an obnoxious, you know, star Wars fan. And it's fun to be excited. Jaded. You were jaded. Right. It, it's fun to be excited <laughs> for something Star Wars again. Mm-hmm. Like, like, it's really nice to have something that I'm enjoying and I love and that, you know, makes me feel the way I did when I was like first watching it. And like, I, and, and I'm, you know, the story's pulling me in. They're pulling off the visual. Star Wars is 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 tough to you can't do it on the cheap, even though right. the first one was done on the cheap originally. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like it, it's st- like I keep hearing that. And I watch that movie and I'm like, how, you got to explain to me how this movie is cheap because it doesn't look it, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, it's a beautiful looking show. I think, you know, uh, Pedro Pascal is uh, is, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm digging his character. I'm digging. I'm digging what he's doing with this and I'm, uh, you know, admiring it's hard to get an actor who's not going to show his face a lot. And <laughs> and it's cool that they got somebody who's up for that. <laughs> yeah. He seems to be game for whatever they give him. Yeah. God bless him. The guest stars get me every time. I'm like, Oh wow. <laughs> That's so-and-so. And right. Oh geez. I love that guy. Like, <laughs> you know? And, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know how into it to get because I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't seen anything. Um, but uh, it's definitely what I'll say about season two is like if you are a Star Wars fan of of extended, uh, uh, extended universe, extended universe, I get yeah, uh, uh, if, like they're playing with that stuff more. Like if you're a fan of that, it's creeping in. Like the lore is creeping in. Yep. In the in the show. As it goes right. on. So the pieces that are still canon, like mm-hmm. the, the Clone Wars animated series and Rebels and others are they're drawing stuff from. And it and it and it feels it feels like a big galaxy again, but it feels tight also. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Or does it doesn't just feel like 
planets getting made up for the sake of it. Like it seems, <laughs> it seems tight where we're, we're, um, you know, the new, the new spots that we're seeing are, are sometimes recycled from other movies. So it's like, we're, we're seeing for the first time we're returning to this spot again, which right. I appreciate it's cool. And I yeah. think that that helps. Um, as well as it just, you know, it helps give an episode a unique visual that's different right. from the previous one, which I mean, I'm just, I'm so in awe of the show. Right. And then there's a lot of celebrity behind the camera guests too, in, in the directors that they're getting. Cause we've had episodes directed by Taika Waititi, right? Mm-hmm. Who also voices right. a character in the show, yep. uh, along the way. And, um, Bryce Dallas Howard has directed several. Yep. And Peyton Reed from yeah. Marvel's Ant-Man movies directed the season two finale. So, I mean, they're getting, they're getting good people in front of and behind. Yeah. The Robert Rodriguez did one too. I yeah, remember. Yes, that's that's yeah. right. Yeah. The second to last episode of season yeah. two, if I remember right. With Bill yeah. Burr. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Which he's super refreshing too. I like it too, because he's his, his, his acting instincts, I think are different from what, from from what people that have been in Star Wars will do. Mm-hmm. I like that he's a smarmy, smart Alec, but isn't playing it like the Star Wars smarmy, smart Alex that we see. Right. You know, like yeah. there's just something there's a different flavor of his character that I really appreciate that I think is really cool. But he doesn't play it with the Han Solo swagger. No, no, exactly. Not not or, at all. Or even attempt it. Yeah. Yeah, I like his character so much. I, I I was hoping that they were going to announce for the investors meeting that we're getting a Mayfeld centric series. <laughs> I'd watch that in a heartbeat. Are you kidding? He's right. so. He's, uh, I hope he shows up. Maybe he could still show up in you know later seasons or or maybe the the Rangers of the New Republic. So I hope we'll see him, see yeah, more of him. I do too because I thought he was great. Because for, especially for all his ranting against Star Wars, I thought <laughs> I thought he did a fantastic job as Mayfeld. I think, and I really was glad to see that character come back. Yeah. Well, that's why he was brought on board too. Like he's friends with Favreau apparently, and 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 he was like, I don't know if this is something I should do, John. Like mm. you know, I kind of trashed it in the in the past. He's like, No, that's why you should. It would be funny, like, <laughs> right? You know, yeah. So the show is is obviously run by John Favreau, who you know launched the MCU essentially mm. in yes. the first Iron Man. Yeah, and now he's he's doing great things at Star Wars, and then um, Dave Filoni is the other person responsible for the show yeah. who is responsible for all of the animated stuff that they're drawing from yeah. the clone wars and the, all the clone wars and rebels yeah he's he's the the exp- ex- expanded universe like expert in the room i think you right. know? Yeah. yeah so awesome all right so do we want to do a, a quick round of of honorable mentions that we have before we get to our number one picks sure okay we'll just go in order so tommy what do you got Oh, my um, honorable mentions. Yeah, right. I'll say Dave. That's an FX show that um, talked about um, the opening career of Little Dicky. I thought it was funny um, <laughs> about a Jewish guy who feels he can be the greatest rapper of all time. OK, OK. And his road to that. Um, Rami, I don't know if anybody's familiar with that, but basically it's about um an Egyptian who was Muslim born, born in America. And you sort of get the view of what Muslims go through in this country, but it's a, an American view of stuff that you wouldn't perceive, perceive. Okay. This season was hella cringeworthy. 
<laughs> but it's so <laughs> good in what it, it describes and uh, puts out there. Um, the Outsider was good. On eight, um, I think that bleeds on HBO, which is basically a Stephen King novel brought to mm-hmm. a um, series or a limited series. Mm-hmm. What We Do in the Shadows, um, second season, that was funny as hell. Hilda, it came late, but I'm loving it. From <laughs> right, the God. second season just dropped not long ago. Yeah, it's so much better. It, oh my goodness, the second season is so much better. And the first season was great. The first season was awesome. <laughs> um, Steven Universe Future. The it, it I thought at one point I thought that Steven Universe was done, but then they announced um, a new series. But it's almost like an epilogue series, which I've never heard of. It, it's it's like a spinoff, but not. And mm-hmm. I'll leave it at that. And um, Lovecraft Country, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, God, which was it? I say, you know what? I'm gonna go with the um, I love Tenet. All right, okay, yeah, and I, yeah, yeah. I love Tenet. I think I think that's it. <laughs> I love Sex Education too. That's a really good show on Netflix. That's oh, it. I'm good. Okay. I'm done. Okay, I'm done. good list. All right, Frank, what are yours? Um, I don't know. Mentions I had um. I really enjoyed it. Again, another video game was the Spider-Man Miles Morales. Oh, sure. For PS4 and PS5. Um, it was, it was a nice, you know, it, you know, it's, it's a nice expansion. It's a nice, uh, focus on miles. You know, it, it, it's a nice change of pace from Peter Parker since he can do different things. You know, there's a chameleon bit. There's camouflage. Yeah. The camouflage. And then there's the, the venom punch and all that stuff. So it definitely changes gameplay. So it's not quite the exact same as the first one. So, um, and I, you know, I look forward to where they're going to go with that franchise and that series. Um, I also had Lovecraft Country, much like Tommy. Um, <laughs> Lovecraft Country was great. I have no idea what 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 it, what's going to happen with it, whether it's going to come back or whether it was a one and done. But it was really well done. Um, Jonathan Majors was really good. I'm looking forward to him being Kang, uh, Journey Smollett. Everybody involved was really great. If you haven't watched it, you can definitely check it out. Uh, also, this season of the Ozark was really good. <laughs> Um, it definitely is one of the, it's a, it's a heartbreaker of a season if you haven't watched it yet, as well as the fact that it ends with a great, <laughs> a great place to leave those characters at. And then the last one is, which, which I'm surprised no one mentioned was the season two of the boys. Mm-hmm. I thought the boys was, um, again, for a comic that I was, I, I enjoyed most of, but not all of, I think they did another great job with uh, season two of the boys and bringing in, um, Stormfront with uh, what's your what's that girl's name with that you like so much, Tommy? Aya Cash. Yeah, she was a great addition. Thought that was really, really, you know, her her character was awesome, and her, you know, the way she, she definitely shook up things. So I look forward to that series coming back. But that was one that I uh, I really liked in twenty twenty. Good list. Good list. A lot, a lot of want to check out on both on both your guys' lists. Mm-hmm. Clifton, what do you have? All right, some of my honorable mentions have already been listed, like Lovecraft Country. <laughs> so my honorable mention goes to Saved by the Bell on Peacock. <laughs> yeah, that nice. was so good. I forgot about that. So much better than it than it should have been or be, could uh-huh. have been, but was yeah. it turned out yes. it was. So funny, so good. I've completely forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, we we have uh, two. If you go back to our Saved by the Bell episode when we did a spotlight on Saved by the Bell, uh, two of us. You know, are heavily into the show, and only and two of us have watched the new Save by the Bell, but not the same two. 
I like both shows. Like I, I love the old Saved by the Bell and the new one. Zach loved the old one, hasn't watched the new one yet. And Tommy wasn't so into the old one, but like you enjoyed the old one enough, right? Yeah. Like a enough, little yeah. along the way, but love the new one. So love the new one. You don't have to be a huge fan of the old one to love the new one. And you can be a huge fan of the old one and love the new one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, I'm not going to go too much into it. I'm just going to say, like, their approach is good in that it's about half parody and half completely sincere. Mm, yes. Okay. Yes. And so, like, they poke fun at the things that, that you can definitely poke fun at. And they still try to have, like, as much earnestness and heart as, as like, the original was going for, too. Yes. Yes. In, di- in different ways. But like, I think their balance is great. And I think everyone on the show is great. And it was just a lot of fun. That's my honorable mention. Cool. Very nice. Okay. All right. I'll go quick. Um, I, I, I have animation on mine. So, so you know, DuckTales season three, it, it's not over, but you know, it's really strong mm-hmm. right now. I'm really, I'm really, really like that show's really like getting in the groove. Um, and unfortunately, this is going to be its last season, uh, which, you know, this is the show that I, you know, I just think it keeps getting better and better. You know, I think I think season two was a lot better than season one. I think this was a lot better than season two. And I like all of the seasons a lot. So, you know, we'll see where we go. I think we have about another seven episodes or so left. Um, but I'm, I'm really, really digging it. Um, Infinity Train, book three. You, you guys knew I was going to bring it up. Uh, <laughs> this show. <laughs> continues to be just so so freaking good um oh my god it's on hbo max check it out please my goodness i'm gonna be so heartbroken if this doesn't get a book four just do it for me do it for me everybody. <laughs> come on please um uh let me see i actually i really liked uh apocalypse war there was the justice league dark uh um you know close out of the new 52 shared animated movie universe. Um, you know, uh, a, a lot in this movie is for shock value purposes, but, uh, it's still like, it still works for me. Like it's still, uh, it still is shocking. And, and I, I just like sort of the boldness and the chances it took. Uh, and for another small movie, I'm going to say King of Staten Island, which is another right. one that I, I I really liked. It was a Pete Davidson movie with Steve Buscemi and Marissa Tomei and Bill Burr. Um, you know, very, very much just, just about uh, a slacker kid, you know, learning to, uh, you know, find his path, you know, and I'm a, I'm a sucker for those kind of stories. So, you know, all, all good, all good stuff for me. Um, I didn't have a whole lot on my list uh, from last year of stuff I was looking forward to for 2020 that, 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 um, didn't really like meet my standards. Did you guys have anything on yours? Cause like, I, I kind of picked a little poorly for, for his looking back at it. Uh, cause a lot of my stuff didn't come out. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I had something. Okay. <laughs> as much as I loved Mr. Robot and I thought Mr. Robot was a, a fun, uh, you know, a really, really good series. It's one of those things where, uh, Sam Esmail did a, a great and fantastic job with it. It's got a lot of great twists and turns. It's got a lot of like, um, you know, when those moments hit, they hit really hard. I couldn't get into Briar Patch. Briar Patch was something I was really looking forward to. It was a, it was, it was supposed to be a series, but I guess it only ended up being a one done. Um, it was boring. <laughs> well, I, well, I mean, it was just boring. I, I mean, it was one of the things where I, I was very excited about it. I remember being excited about it, and I started watching the first episode, and it was, you know, the, the premise is basically that. Um, 
Rosario Dawson's sister gets murdered and she goes to investigate in the small tech is a small Texas town, right? Yeah. So she goes and it, and it's all right and it's kind of like they kind of play her as like the femme fatales come to town and people know her and there's a you know a backstory why she doesn't really she's kind of estranged from her family and her sister. But then there was stuff in it that that I already could tell that it was going to be a situation where it it played in the plot. Like for example, there was one thing where um the zoo had an outbreak of animals, so there were animals like were just loose. So like it meant nothing. No, it didn't. <laughs> well, I finished the series, but essentially what uh, um Rosario Dawson plays uh, uh uh I'm sorry to 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 go further back in what you said. Mm. Rosario Dawson comes back to a town in which her the town that she grew up in, mm-hmm. in which her sister stays and becomes a police officer. But she comes back to bury her. But something happened while she's a police officer she's investigating, killed her. So she comes back to this town that she grew up in from D.C., where she now has high government connections and is an aide to a senator to investigate the murder of her cop sister. While no one's looking for it, no one's into, looking into it as much as she is. And you find out about all these dastly people that reside in the town. Some have government connections like her. Some don't, but all of which is a town that she grew up in. But even with that backstory and the people they uncover, even the cast, <laughs> it was boring. Yeah, I mean, it was for me, that was the, the thing with the animals. I'm like, someone's going to, you know, it's going to be a moment of you think something's going to happen to Rosario Dawson and she's going to be saved last minute by someone's going to be mauled by a lion. And I'm like, I don't, you know, it's it's not a bad plot point, but I've seen it done and done better. Um and it's one of those things where the other thing was she's got that tie to the senator and the senator shows up to see her and I guess they they have a the sexual relationship and they, they get yeah. off they get off on hitting each other before they have sex. So yes. that was oh. you know, yeah, out of you know, nowhere. Like you do. Yeah, like you do. <laughs> you know, that's your thing. You know, you you know, she like hauls off and punches him in the face and then he hauls off and punches her back and then they start having sex. I just like it just felt very forced, the whole thing from the first episode. And I and it's one of those things where I love a small town noir story. I love the idea of um, that's why I like, like Joe Lansdale so much and Happen Leonard is because they're all small town, you know, there's a secret with somebody in town or there's something that people don't know. And then, you mm-hmm. know, those two idiots get involved and then it's, you know, it's high comedy and, 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 you know, cool fights. But it's one of the things where I just, I've seen it done better. And therefore I just, ba- I felt bad ba- bailing on it, but I, I, you know, at one point I just deleted the entire thing. I'm like, I'll get to it maybe at some point, but now that you're telling me it's boring, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to go back yeah. to it. Even with the big reveal. It's still boring. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> even okay. when they pull back the tension on it and, you know, and, and, and you see the reveal and when it happens, it's like, yeah, and, and then certain <laughs> people die that's helping her. And when they die, they're, they're not like uh, uh, morally uplifting people. So when they do die, it's like, yeah, I saw it coming. Right. I mean, okay. even um, the swarminess of Alan Cummins. Alan Cummins in it. Yeah. He's, it doesn't add too much to it when he does. Gotcha. Okay. So, all right. So, turned out not to be for you. No. That's okay. <laughs> you know. uh, anyone else have buyer's remorse on anything that they were looking forward to? <laughs> no, I don't think I have really any dishonorable mentions. Um, yeah. Last year on my list, I was looking forward to New Mutants, and I did see it eventually when it hit digital and, and actually did come out after all these years and, and much doubt that it would. And I did enjoy it. I do recommend it. Uh, the cast is is really fun in it. Anya Taylor-Joy, who's been having a good year with mm-hmm. Queen's Gambit, uh, yeah. is in it as magic. And, and like she, 
really nails magic. Like it's it's good, and and Maisie Williams as Wolfsbane is is great. So I do recommend that one. I enjoyed it. Oh, I was just going to mention Westworld. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I went solely and wholly on the um, suggestion of Frank, <laughs> and I didn't watch it at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, not so, a so a dishonorable mention by proxy. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Really none for me. Um, okay. You know, yeah. like I said, my stuff didn't come out uh, no, for the most part. <laughs> yeah, it did not. Um, all right. So, but okay. So we've come to the time where we're, we're, this is our number one, the thing we liked most in 2020. But uh, first, if you listeners out there are waiting for us to cover something, remember, you can suggest topics for the show in the comment section. All right. So tell me, so what did you like most in 2020? And this is a weird one because I don't even think the format of this show (laughs) reflects my decision because it was such a good series that I brought friends and family to watch it. But it's such a hard topic. Um, I may destroy you on HBO. Mm. Now, I know no one's really uh, familiar with this show. But it's from Michaela Cole, who did um, Chewing Gum. I don't mm-hmm. know if you saw that from BBC, but funny show in which uh, 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 a girl coming of age story. She's trying to find the sexuality, blah, blah, blah. But this show, completely different from what I expect. It's supposed to be a British comedy drama television series in which a young woman who seeks to build her life after being raped. Mm. Now, mind you, to, to add comedy in such a in such a premise is difficult sure but she does it she writes directs and stars in this show and what resonates strongly for me why i recommend it and i have to argue uh why i put this over everything because it's not something um that i see will happen anytime soon or come back in that in that way shape or form and how she approaches this sensitive subject. She does a phenomenal job of trying to show someone or navigate someone the difficulties of that subject and how it affects someone and their family. I recommend that show to anybody. And it's a hard watch. And I don't mean a hard watch in, 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 which, um, in which you can't see it. It's in some cases, it's a slow build and it's it might culturally set you apart in certain areas. But what she develops and shows in that small space and in 12 episodes is deep. Highly recommended. Um, I don't think we'll ever get something like this ever again based upon that space and how light she makes certain things. And at the same time, brings a lot of um, spotlight on it. I may destroy you. Great, great series. Okay, awesome. Check it out. Frank, what do you got? Number one. Um, I know one for the year would have to be something that Tommy recommended to me and that we he was he was pushing me to watch for a long time. And I finally mm-hmm. got around to watching it and we discussed it a little bit here and there. And we mentioned a little bit earlier, it was I'd have to say for me that uh, coming to it late and it's in the third season would be Star Trek Discovery. That, okay. would, probably, <laughs> that would probably be my favorite thing. And, and until he mentioned it, I probably didn't, you know, I didn't tell him that I'd watched it when I got caught up. I just, you know, started asking him questions about the series to mess with him. Um, this was oh, not, not during. Does he spoil stuff for you? No, no, no. This was just, this was just <laughs> one of those things where he was, he kept pushing me to watch it because pushed me to watch it and I hadn't, but I knew that when I finally had watched it, I was just going to mess with him about it. So that's what I did because I'm okay. like that. 
but no, I, I like um, uh, Sneakle Martin Green is is uh, Michael Burnham, great character. Mm-hmm. I you know I think she's awesome. Um, you got Michelle Yao as uh, Philippa Giorgio, and then you have just this really cool. It's set during the time of um, it's before Kirk and Spock, so you've got like uh, Christopher Pike in the second season. You've got Spock as a character running around. She is the um, she is the half. She was she like the, the that was what was she, the half sister stepsister. Adopted sister. adopted sister of of Spock. So she's raised on Vulcan. Her parents get killed early on, and that's part of her backstory. But she's part of this. Um, about you know, she basically becomes part of Discovery, and it's 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 a great Star Trek series. It's got all you know. They they are very aware of all of the tropes of Star Trek, while at the same time you still get all the tropes, but it's done really well. There's stuff recently that that harkens back to other stuff like way early you know stuff that we see we, well it's early before before the original series but it it it, pay, it basically pays forward or if you if you're a longtime star trek fan you're going to get a lot out of it and even if you're not you're gonna get a lot out of it um i really like the cast i really like the characters it's really a great series just overall that probably be my number one for this year okay oh, wow. surprising pick Impressed. surprising pick honestly wasn't expecting that one now yeah. okay Clifton, what's your number one? Okay, my number one's coming in from a slightly different angle, too. I'm going to say the work of a screenwriter named Brian Duffield. Okay. okay. So I saw four movies by that he was involved in this year. Three of them came out this year. Like <laughs> wow. He has oh, had wow. quite a year in screenwriting. And the one that um, I saw that was not from this year, I'll mention just because it's excellent, is The Babysitter from Netflix from 2017. Mm. <laughs> he was the, the uh, developed story and was screenwriter on that one. Uh, Mick G directed it. It's excellent. It stars Samara Weaving, who was in, as I mentioned before, Bill and Ted face the music where she plays Bill's daughter. And he had three other movies come out this year. They were underwater, which he collaborated with. He did script and story on that collaborated with Adam Kozad on script and was directed by William Eubank. He was writer and director himself on Spontaneous, which was based on a novel by a writer named Aaron Starmer. And then he was script and story with another uh, screenwriter who wrote script with him on Love and Monsters. The other writer was Matthew Robinson. It was directed by Michael Matthews. And like all three of these movies, I didn't realize when I started that they were all by the same person. I just kept watching movies I liked, <laughs> looking up who was involved, and, and they kept having Brian Duffield listed as a writer on them. That's so hilarious. There's, there's something, like, he's, he's, got some, he's got some skill. Or he's writing stuff that just speaks to me or something. Okay. But um, Big year. I mean, the movies are great. Babysitter is, is a horror comedy from 2017 and, and was excellent. So funny. They did a sequel this year called Babysitter Killer Queen. It is an enjoyable movie. He's not the writer on the sequel, though. It's just based on on his characters and ideas from the first one. It still has McGee directing. It is still like it's a very fun movie, but you can tell you can tell there's a different flavor to it that that he's not involved in it. I thought, mm. um, but he seems to like go all in on these like high concept ideas, and they're often horror ideas. But then he makes them about like hope and love <laughs> and and they're heartfelt like babysitter is a like teen slasher movie but it's also like 
in earnest, heartfelt, like charming little movie. Yes. And uh, and spontaneous is quite similarly. I'm not going to say what that one's about because because the surprise is, is kind of fun. But I'll just say it's it's a teen love story <laughs> where like there's there's just stuff happening in, a, in the middle of this world that these kids are just trying to get by in. Mm-hmm. And then Love and Monsters is the one that I watched at the end of the year. And it takes place in a post-apocalyptic world where everything on the surface is mutated and people are living in like subterranean bunkers. And one guy, his, his, his love, wounds, he finds in another bunker over the radio and then makes this trek, decides to make an 85-mile trek across the surface to be with her. Wow. And there's like giant like mutated reptiles and lizards and insects that will kill you at every turn. And it's a, it's a very fun movie. It also has um, Michael Rucker in it Mm. as like a survivalist that he meets along the way. And, and Ariana Greenblatt who was in um, infinity war as, as young Gamora. She's the one that we see as Mm -hmm. young Gamora in infinity war. And she's very good. And then it also stars, it stars Jessica Henwick as, as his love interest, the, the one he's, he's trekking across this mutated wasteland to, to go be with. And it stars Dylan O'Brien. Okay. But yeah, like all of these are great. And, and Underwater, that was the first one I had seen because that actually did come out in theaters back in February, I think. And that one stars Kristen Stewart. And what I like about that one is that it starts with the conflict. Like we're introduced to this girl living, a young woman living in an underwater like research facility that in the first scene has an earthquake and is already falling apart. And from that point on, we are just in this like race for survival to try to get out of this thing before it falls apart. And we like the rest of the cast were introduced to along the way once this, like as this emergency has already happened. And I like that they did not waste any time for this disaster. And like, it's, it's just like a high paced, kind of thrilling little disaster movie it's a, it's a, and the movie it starts as is not the movie it ends as like you, okay you do not exactly know what's coming when you set out and that's all i'll say about that one that's the one i remember seeing commercials for and i thought it looked cool i remember yeah it's very yeah. cool that one is on hbo max underwater is on hbo max babysitter from 2017 is on netflix along with its sequel killer queen and spontaneous and love and monsters at the moment are available for rent and purchase digital yeah, but okay. Spontaneous is so good. You recommended that to me. Yeah, I, recommend, <laughs> so yeah, I, I got yeah. Tommy to watch a few of these. Yeah. Babysitter and Spontaneous. So good. <laughs> Both <laughs> is so good in ways that you can't you can't see coming. But no, now now that you talk about I can, yeah, I now now I gotta watch underwater. And I didn't <laughs> man, and I wasn't going to. <laughs> okay. All right. So my number one is Ted Lasso. <laughs> which we covered earlier so uh so i uh, i stole it i love the show i love the show so 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 much um i knew he's gonna say that oh yeah no uh i'm I'm so happy tommy was watching it too just so you know so i had somebody i could talk to you know yeah um yeah no we would bond over this show but uh i'm gonna i'm gonna recommend also um so my second favorite is the pixar movie onward which dropped on disney plus which uh, you know it's a it it does what you know, Pixar does what they do. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it'll make you laugh. It'll, it'll build you up. It'll break your heart. It will, you know, <laughs> like, uh, it's, yeah. you know, it's just a perfectly executed 
uh, movie, I think. And it's just, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a kid, you know, it's in a world where there's orcs and trolls and, and, and it does, you know, an expert job of, at building up that world around that we're living in. Uh, but it's a kid that casts a spell so that he can meet his father who died before he was born. And he's not, and he's kind of new at the spell thing. So he doesn't quite get it right. And so, uh, he gets half of his dad <laughs> to mm. appear the lower half. So it's just his legs. <laughs> right. And he's got to, he's got to find a way. He's got to get some items and find a way to finish up the spell so that he could actually meet his dad. And he only has 24 hours to do it. Uh, and it's like him and his brother and his family, like trying to, trying to make this happen. So it's a, you know, it's an awesome, awesome movie. I was really surprised by it. So, you know, loved it. Recommend it to everybody on Disney Plus. So. Yeah, I keep meaning to watch that one. I just haven't gotten a chance to yet, but it looks good. I remember seeing like the pair of pants just walking around. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the half dad. Yeah, it, it wasn't yeah. at all what, what the commercials would met, let you think it was. But, right. uh, you know, but the movie it is, it's fantastic. And it's it's Chris Pratt and Tom Holland, right? Yes. Yep. The lead yeah. voices. Yeah, yeah, the lead voices. Yeah, yeah, I saw it. I definitely saw it. Yeah, so... That's my big surprise for 2020, which I love. <laughs> right. So, All right. So we want to thank you guys for being here and being with us all year long. We look forward to seeing all of you in 2021. Don't forget part two next week. Uh, you can find links and examples of everything we talk about on letmenowhowitis.com. Please follow us on Facebook at Facebook slash let me know how it is and follow us on Twitter at our show's initials LMKHII. Bye for now. <laughs>